Charles didn't have just any coronary artery disease. He had Charles's coronary artery disease. Michelle didn't have just any heart attack. She had Michelle's heart attack. At VCU Health Poly Heart Center, we know every heart is unique. And as Virginia's only nationally ranked heart program, we'll keep them beating healthy and strong. VCU Health Poly Heart Center. Learn more at vcuhealth.org heart. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing, or WIM for short, is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing, advertising trends, and get real about women in business. Our mission is to network, to foster leaders within this exciting industry, and to share information to make our work stronger. That's where this podcast comes in. We'll bring you fresh perspectives on timely topics facing the industry from expert voices in the space. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim, double I, dot com. Hey, everyone. Just wanted to jump in with a few announcements. This Friday, June 12th, is our next WorkFam Jam. So if you are unfamiliar with what that is, um, it is the most incredibly fun summer Friday event that we have ever done. Um, we've had so many success stories from it. So here's what it is. We've heard from you that your WIM family has become your work family, especially with quarantine and all that jazz going on right now. So we um, we started doing these a couple months ago, just like casual get-togethers on Zoom. Join us for the next one, whether it's your first one or your fifth one. We're doing them every other summer Friday. All you have to do is go to IamWim.com slash RSVP. And while you're there, check out some of the other events that we have going on all summer long. We have a new series. It's called the Make Us Richer series. Um, This group, it's all about you. And it's a group made up of the most incredible women. And I'm so tired of hearing myself speak. (laughs) So I implored some of my like great friends in the industry to host their own series. So this episode, episode today on the podcast with Dixie Roberts. She is the first one up in the series. Her area of expertise is new business pitching. Um, she is such a rock star. Like you'll hear in this episode, her in, her personality is infectious um, and she is a natural salesperson, which is all about, of course, new business pitching. So um, we've got that coming up. Um, we have one about um, developing influencers with Brittany Hennessy coming up. We do have one about TikTok, which I know that everyone's going to be so excited about. Anyways, go to the site, um, check it out. And don't forget, though, tomorrow, WorkFam Jam, join us. Go to imwim.com slash RCP. You'll see a ton of our events. As Senior Vice President of Digital at Hangar 4, Dixie has spent the last many years at Hangar 4 overseeing digital content, platform, and influencer strategy for a wide range of clients in the lifestyle and CPG space. Notable career mentions include launching the L'Oreal League, a premier influencer program for L'Oreal Paris, and helming the digital rebrand of 90s darling Caboodles. 
Before joining DKC, Dixie spent two and a half years as a copywriter, creating blog, webpage, and product content at Warby Parker. Her time there coincided with the brand's rise to become one of the country's best recognized retail startups, propelled in no small part by its creative approach to the digital space. Dixie is also one of Hangar 4's most multi-talented professionals, having spent five years as a professional opera singer. She holds an MM in music performance and a BFA in music theater performance. Welcome to the podcast, Dixie. Dixie, my love, I am so happy to have you on today. I, I We were talking about it before we started technically recording. Um, this is just an excuse to catch up with you. I hope that's cool with you. Is that cool um, with you? Yes, it's absolutely cool with me. That's uh, pretty much why I signed up. <laughs> I miss <laughs> you. Uh, and I miss our um, our dates at, oh my gosh, where did we used to go? Alice's Teacup. Te- yeah, it's at Alice's Teacup. Oh God. Uh, such feels like such a long time ago now, but uh, I'm so excited to be on and, and just have some time uh, dedicated to catching up and talking all things influencer today. Same, same. So um, for anyone not in New York, Alice's Teacup is this cool well, <laughs> cool place if you're like a 13-year-old girl. <laughs> yes. It's a restaurant in New York City where Dixie used to live and I currently live. They've got a few locations and it's like a fantasy tea party. And for some reason, we would get breakfast there like once every couple months or so, um, yes. which was pretty fabulous. Um, and uh, I, I, next time you're in New York, and COVID's over and, you know, quarantine and hopefully it's open. We have to, we have to go back there again. We're doing it. Yes. If you ever go, their eggs Benedict is to die for on their biscuits. Oh my God, their biscuits and their jam. Oh, now I just, now I'm hungry. <laughs> their stuff is so good and me too. <laughs> um, and since then, Dixie has moved to Denver, Colorado. Um, so you've sort of lived in a couple different cities um, in your like adult professional life. Um, we heard a lot about you in the intro to this podcast, just a bit about your uh, where you currently work, where you have worked, but it's a really unique journey that you've had. And I would love to hear it in your own words. So if you could just tell everyone listening just a little bit about you and how you made it to influencer marketing, that'd be awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, to try to give you the cliff notes, um, since uh, Jesse did a great job introducing me, uh, I have been um, with my current agency, Hangar 4, for a little over five years now. Uh, I previously was at Warby Parker. Uh, I was truly there uh, at the somewhat mostly beginning, uh, employee, I think, number 77. that's when you know you've worked at a startup is when you know what employee you were. Uh, so had an incredible time uh, being there. And, and we kind of all talk about uh, graduating from Warby University, our, our staff, and we keep in touch and everybody's doing incredible now. So definitely a great start to my professional life in New York City. Uh, but since being at Hangar 4, we have... Um, I mean, we we kind of built an influencer structure uh, from the ground up uh, since my time there. I'd say it probably started four years ago 
which feels like a lifetime in influencer marketing. Um, and it really was born of an RFP that we received and won subsequently. So we were like, oh, I guess we should probably have a devoted team for this because this is a huge opportunity. Uh, so once we won that business, uh, which was L'Oreal Paris at the time, uh, we kind of built our very first influencer-focused team, um, which, <laughs> looking back now, uh, has come light years from where we started. And, and thinking about the way that we researched influencers and the way that we secured influencers and contracted influencers uh, is, is a little bit uh, equate, I guess is maybe a good way to put it, um, from the way that we function now, but we wouldn't be where we are now without uh, those beginnings. So I'm super thankful to have been there since the beginning of, of that time at, at uh, Hangar 4 because I've been able to kind of see it grow and, and be a part of that growth. Um, about, I guess, two years ago now, uh, my husband and I decided that uh, our expiration date had landed for New York City, <laughs> and uh, he had just finished uh, a degree um, in uh, becoming a web developer uh, at General Assembly, and we decided to make a big jump and move to Denver, where a lot of my family is. So neither of us had really a plan, <laughs> um, and uh, neither of us had a job. And when I went into my president's office to uh, deliver the news that I was giving my two weeks, uh, he actually asked if I had a job. And, and I said, no. And he said, oh, well, can we keep working with you then? And it's so funny to talk about this now in, in light of coronavirus, which I know we're going to get to, because our agency uh, did not have any remote workers. Um, everyone at our offices, DKC is the larger PR agency, 30-year-old PR agency that our creative agency, Hangar 4, is attached to. Um, and DKC has offices uh, across the U.S. Um, we have offices in New York, Miami, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco. So if you're not one of those offices at the time, you, you didn't work at DKC. Um, and so this was really an incredibly unique opportunity and, and, I, and that did not uh, kind of pass me in, in terms of how excited and what a unique chance I had to, to show them that remote workers uh, could, could be a great fit for, for this agency. So uh, packed up our stuff and moved out to Denver. Uh, definitely worked uh, for a week out of a U-Haul, which is something I would not recommend. <laughs> Anyone. <laughs> um, but uh, once we got here, we didn't even have a place. So we moved in with my mom as, as any good millennial would uh, and uh, had an office in, in, at her place uh, for a couple months while we looked for an apartment. And it, it's definitely been interesting uh, to, to go from having that amazing kind of New York agency office culture to absolutely like nothing, uh, to, to, to living and breathing Slack and email and conference calls. So um, that has definitely been an incredible journey for me, but I, I am now acclimated to work from home life. I love it. I am so grateful that I can still have an opportunity to uh, be a part of a New York City agency, uh, but from Denver, Colorado. Uh, I love what I do. I love our clients. I love my colleagues. So uh, it's, it's been amazing. And I, I definitely have felt very thankful for the opportunity. 
So let's dig into this a little bit more because it's so unique that you were always a remote worker pre-COVID. And so you've got like, what, like a couple years or so of of a leg up um, on everybody else who's trying to learn now, like the best way to do it and the best way to navigate it. And so I would love to hear from you. Um, question one is, were you always work from home or were you sort of this work from anywhere? Like, did you always actually work in your home? Did you prefer a coffee shop? Did you prefer, I don't know, taking a weekend trip or a, a trip, you know, wherever you went? Um, how, what, what was your preference pre-COVID? That's a great question. Uh, I definitely was primarily a work from home girl. I tried the coffee shop thing a couple of times, but as you know, uh, in influencer and digital marketing in general, we are on the phone a lot. Um, and so I just felt, I felt very disruptive. Um, and I also felt very distracted when I was in those environments. I know some people thrive on that and I am an extroverted extrovert. So I thought, Oh, well, this is where I should be. Uh, and I didn't actually love it. Um, I tried co-working spaces. That wasn't really for me. I like needed my stuff. (laughs) I needed like my setup. Um, And there's just something really comforting if you are lucky enough to have a dedicated space where your office will be to get up in the morning, have your morning coffee, like scan Twitter. which is a terrible place, Um, but what I do every morning, because that's my ritual, Um, and then walk into the office, turn on your, you know, turn on your desk lamp and start your day, uh, feels like uh, normalcy to me. Um, I will say that there is definitely a benefit um, to working from home in that you can work from anywhere. So there was definitely, I think the the most epic version of this was when uh, we took a somewhat cross-country road trip uh, to see my girlfriend's very first art show, her professional art debut uh, in Wisconsin. And we quite literally hopped in the car and drove from Colorado to to Wisconsin and I didn't take any days off because I was just in the car. So I was taking, you know, conference calls in the Badlands from a tent and it was kind of amazing. (laughs) That is amazing. I ask you this question because I read this article like a few days ago, how work from home is like the worst branding ever and how it should really be work from anywhere and how that subtle difference is such a better sell but it's true because you can take road trips you can take you can yeah. you feel i you know you mentioned millennial I'm a millennial as well and i i feel like as millennials we sort of thrive off of this freedom and of this work life balance and of just sort of like living a full life and it's 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 true if you are able to work from anywhere and be able to take advantage of that you got to actually take advantage of it though. yeah yeah <laughs> and, yeah i think you grow into it it's so interesting i remember uh a few years ago i took an incredible trip to greece with some of my really good friends and two of them uh worked some of the time we were there and i remember being like Oh my God. I was like, on one hand, I was like, I can't believe you're working. But on the other hand, I was like, this is brilliant because you're not taking any time off. You're in Greece. Like, even if you're taking a conference call, you're literally by the pool eating 
delicious lamb. <laughs> You're getting paid to do yeah. that. You're getting paid to be yeah. in Greece. I mean, there's something to that. I, I hear you though. I hear you. Like, I think I used to probably be one of those people who was like, oh my God, take the days, like really just fully be present, like just be there and enjoy it. But there's pro, they're pros to the other side too. Yeah. I think, and your vacation days when you work from home become extremely sacred. And I have to be very cognizant of actually taking them because I don't really need them, right? Like I don't necessarily need to take a vacation day or a sick day to go to the doctor because I'm just offline for like an hour. Um, and you know, it, I will say, um, Fun fact, I'm pregnant. Um. There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. I will say uh, one of the most thankful times that I uh, was so grateful to be working from home was my first trimester because I felt like hot garbage every day. And for me to just be able to kind of crawl into my spare bedroom in my pajamas and, and work and take a nap every day. And I did, (laughs) (laughs) I literally put it on my calendar and I took a nap every afternoon because you have to, because you are growing a human. And I couldn't, I wait, I love that you, sorry. I love that you put taking a nap into your calendar though. Yes, girl. Oh my God. No, I'm so about time batching. And that's like the epitome of time batching. I love you. Yes. I put my gym, I put my gym workouts in my calendar. Like I, my gym is incredible and we're doing zoom classes there every Monday and Wednesday at noon and every Tuesday, Thursday at eight. And that is in my calendar. That is so good. Oh yeah. No, that's so you got to do it to learn from you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, so lose it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So congratulations, of course, on being pregnant. Thank you. <laughs> I am so happy for you guys. That's huge news. Um, I would love to maybe transition into chatting a little bit about being a a female in this business, right? Because I I feel like um, there are a lot of women who, similar to you, your whole career, have worked their butts off and have created incredible things and attribute that probably to all the time and energy that they devoted to their careers. Um, A lot of those women as well probably simultaneously have thought about or trying to have a family someday as well. So I'd love to chat with you about um, just your thoughts around balancing, you know, family and work life. You're not doing it yet, but I'm sure there's a lot of thoughts about it. So um, what are your thoughts about it? What are your plans? Yeah. Wow. Um, Such a great question. Actually, this is such a great transition from working from home because I hope that after all of this coronavirus nightmare is over, that companies realize that working from home specifically benefits their female employees to where they can have more of a family balance and and they're able to have more of a 
of, of a work output. They're not worrying about childcare potentially. They're not worrying about um, like transport from work to school to, you know, they're able to have a more flexible lifestyle uh, because that has been my hugest takeaway so far. And granted, I am still <laughs> carrying my child, not taking care of a physical child. So I'm sure things will change. Um, and I'm also very lucky to have both grandmas here um, in Denver. So I have a feeling I will be <laughs> handing off that sweet babe um, <laughs> during business hours. But uh, I, I will say that I, I do think that, that working from home should be the future and it shouldn't, women shouldn't have to choose whether they can have a career um, and, and have an agency career, especially because agency life is very demanding um, and have a family. Um, it, it almost feels, I remember when I told one of my male colleagues that I was pregnant um, and he's such an incredible supportive colleague. Um, and he said to me, I'm so thankful that, that you are pursuing this in your life. And I was like, okay. And he was like, we need more of that at the agency. And I, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think what he's saying is we need more people who can kind of be the poster child to show that you can be young and have a family and still be able to be extremely successful at an agency because we don't have a lot of that. Um, and I can't speak for every agency, but um, you know, we, we have some young families, but a lot of the people, especially I'm actually, I will be like the second mom, um, on our creative team. <laughs> um, and we have one amazing mom who's on our account team, but, but that's it. Uh, so it, it's an, it's going to be a new world for my team. Um, it's, it's going to be a new world and, and kind of a, a new reality for everyone. Uh, I know my creative director, um, you know, we've already had a couple conversations about what, uh, you know, what does it look like when I'm out for maternity leave? Uh, you know, are we hiring someone to kind of come in and, and, and cover? Do we feel like we have cover? How do we tell the clients? Um, and, and that, those are all important questions, but I do, uh, I have wrestled the last couple months with being open with my clients about my pregnancy because I don't want them to think that I'm deserting them. I don't want them to think that my productivity will be compromised. Uh, and, and those may be a mix of, you know, my own insecurities, but I'm very cognizant of it. Uh, and, and I want to make sure that my clients know that I am giving hundred percent every day, even if I'm running to the bathroom to <laughs> throw up in between. Um, I, I'm definitely still giving hundred percent. Um, it, you know, it doesn't affect my brain. Um, and, and honestly it's, it's given me even better perspective into my industry. So I think that, that moms and millennial moms, especially, um, and women who are thinking about or trying um, should should be able to to feel confident at their agency that they are secure, that they are supported. Um, and so far, my agency has has been really great about that. so i'm I'm definitely very thankful, but I, I know that can't always be the norm. Yeah, that's so good to hear. And I I'll sort of echo what you interpreted your colleague to say. I, I think that we do need more examples. We just need more examples. Um, it's, it's because of all of those, the inner dialogue that you had, I'm sure is going through so many other women's minds, you know, like, is someone going to think I'm not as fill in the blank simply because I'm pregnant or I'm trying to get pregnant or I have a kid. Um, and it's such a shame. 
um, to think of it in a fearful way and imagine how empowering it would be to think of it as an additive, which is, I think, what you are starting to articulate, right? It's like, oh, interesting. Dixie has more a, a, a deeper perspective and a deeper appreciation into parts of her industry because now she has a new perspective as a mother, as a working mother, as um, you know, another half of a couple with a child. Um, you know, all these new perspectives that you have and how much that could actually enrich. The work that you're doing. Um, I personally have a four and a half year old stepdaughter. And so I can speak personally how it absolutely changes you as a human being. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I would venture to say all for the better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, like there are ways, of course, that may, that, oh, it is hard and it is challenging. And, you know, the realities are is that sometimes you're not giving a hundred percent there. That's just the truth. But I am also so, um, I'm always um, an advocate for people who want to make the most out of the time that they have, meaning that if you're only there for 20 minutes and you are getting as much impact as somebody who's there for five hours, yes. then that is a powerful thing. So the time that you're working on things doesn't matter to me. Like you're saying, the location of where you are when you're working on things, who gives a shit? It's really the impact that you're making, the work that you're doing. Um, isn't that the most important Yes. I, you know, and again, just to go back to working from home, I, you bring up a great point that I have realized. I think when you work in an office, especially when you work in New York and we all know those of us who have, or do work there, um, office life can be extremely pressuring. Um, it can be very stressful. Um, and you can feel a lot of pressure to be there physically until the minute you can possibly leave or maybe even stay longer. You know, you, you see that your boss is there till eight. So you're like, I guess I need to be here till eight 30. Why? When you can be productive in four hours, in five hours, then be productive in those five hours, obviously still be online answering emails or whatever. But like, if, if I get all of the work that I need to get done in five hours done that day, then I can go read a book or like go enrich myself personally or professionally. Um, I can join a podcast. <laughs> I can, um, you know, I can listen in on a conference. I can go on ad week and ad age and read to my heart's content and not feel like I have to be in the office until a certain time because it's my office. <laughs> These are um, just, yeah, yeah, these are just these like antiquated ideas that, you know, I, I personally subscribe to and I'm personally working on unsubscribing to. Yes. Um, they just, they exist because it's how we were all brought up. It was like our first internships, this existed. Our first jobs, this is existed. And then some people, their current jobs, this is what still is. My last agency, they would not ever let you work remote for like one day. Like, like if you were sick and you're like, but I want to work a half day. I want to show that I'm a hard worker. They'd be like, nope, take the full day. Like we don't do remote work. Mm -hmm. um, 
And it's, I think that, you know, God, this whole coronavirus is teaching a lot of people a lot of lessons, but, you know, one less innocuous thing um, is just that it's pushing people to really embrace technology and to really um, utilize all these incredible resources that allow you to be able to work remote. Um, So I love on this podcast, sharing really specific information as much as possible. I feel like everybody like, they're like, great, I want to download that app. I want to listen to this podcast. For working remote, um, what have been really incredible resources for you? Whether it's technology or like media or podcasts, like I'll leave it so broad, but what has really made it a great or positive experience for you? You know, that question makes me wish that I had done more research. (laughs) Um, I, I will say the one thing, and we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. Um, the one thing that will be so important for you, if you are someone who is like me, who is an extroverted extrovert and who thrives on office life and culture and being in a room with people and having, um, that energy to bounce off of find yourself a professional community wherever you are. Um, I have found one here. Um, it, it, it's called Together Digital uh, and they have an incredible Denver chapter and they have really saved me in terms of when I first moved here and, and I was working remotely, I absolutely hated it. I felt isolated. I felt very alone. I felt like I I think when you work remotely, and I'm sure everyone has experienced this who didn't work remotely before, you feel like this unbelievable pressure to overextend yourself because you're trying to prove that you're working when no one can see you. <laughs> um, and so I was burnt out. Uh, and, and I was honestly looking for a job because I was like, okay, I, this is temporary. It's you know, so great for them to have done this, but I need to find something here. And so as I was interviewing, um, I did meet a couple incredible women who were like, hey, like, come join us, come to a meeting. Uh, and so I found this incredible group. And through this group, I learned so many incredible uh, kind of tips and tricks from people who have done this forever, you know, little things on how to help myself with work-life balance, small things like uh, you know, having a moment of a bookend to my day. I think I mentioned this before, but sitting down at my desk and turning on my desk lamp, I do the same thing when I am done for the day. I close my computer and I turn off my desk lamp every day. And that is the end of my day. And I walk out of the room. And that's something I learned from this group when I stood up in front of them and said, can someone please help me with work-life balance? I think my husband is going to leave me because I can't stop working. Um, (laughs) I was kidding, but I mean, he definitely had come to me and said, listen, like, I feel like you're working so, so, so much. Uh, and so through this group, not only have I discovered these tips and tricks and, and, and these resources, but I also learned that I do love my job and I love what I do. Um, and I love what I do for my agency. I love my colleagues. I love my clients. And I didn't want to leave. I, I just, I wanted to leave because I wanted community, but I was able to find that here. <laughs> so to have community and have my job has been um, such, such an amazing uh, gift. And I, I recommend to anyone who works remotely or any, any woman specifically, there are so many incredible women in tech, women in digital, women in influencer marketing <laughs> groups out there um, that can be an, an amazing source of community for you. 
And I think that there is something really special. One sort of, you used the phrase a few weeks ago when we were talking about Together Digital, you, you used the phrase, you're like your work family, that you were really looking for that camaraderie and you found a work family within Together Digital. And I think that there is something inherently female about having this community. Um, maybe it's part of the reason why a lot of influencers are female and build female-centric communities. And maybe that's why WIM has grown to what it is in your group and all of these things. Um, we love to like share information and we love to bounce ideas off of each other. And we love to support each other and be supported and all of those things. And there is something really powerful. Like I I've been part of lots of networking groups with um, you know, predominantly men, you know, predominantly women, obviously. Um, and there's pros and cons of each for sure. Um, but you're right. There is something really special about a There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Charles didn't have just any coronary artery disease. He had Charles's coronary artery disease. Michelle didn't have just any heart attack. She had Michelle's heart attack. At VCU Health Poly Heart Center, we know every heart is unique. And as Virginia's only nationally ranked heart program, we'll keep them beating healthy and strong. VCU Health Poly Heart Center. Learn more at vcuhealth.org slash heart. Women's networking group. Um, what, what have some of your mentors or um people that you look up to in this group in particular, what are some things that they, that they shared with you that's been particularly helpful, whether it's work-related or personally? Yeah. Uh, I feel like I've, I've been able to, to gain so much great insight and information from these women. They come from all walks of life, their agency, their in-house, their uh, freelancers, They've started their own businesses. Um, so it's, it's really amazing to the power that can come from a group of women who come from so many different kind of walks of, of, of the same creative path. And I think um, for me, some of, the, some of the best advice that I've received is really, um, I'm trying to think how to put this, but really opening up with your colleagues in terms of your professional career. Um, don't be afraid to, I mean, obviously you're, you're not sitting around sharing your salaries with your fellow colleagues, but if, if you are in a room with women who are in your same, in your same career path and you are looking for a promotion, don't be afraid to say, listen, I think, you know, we have similar career paths and we have similar experience. I would love to hear, you know, what your compensation is at your agency. Um, because I would love to know if, if I am being paid an equal rate, um, or if you feel you're being paid an equal rate, like, let's talk about this together. Let's be open about it. Let's not feel like our salaries are 
shameful or, you know, boastful, you know, I'm not boasting to you that my salary is X. Instead, I'm telling you to empower you uh, to, to really kind of help other women feel that they can get paid what they deserve. And I, I think that has been the underlying message of this group to be transparent with the women who are in that group to know that that information is power. Um, and it's information that can really help to enrich other women in their careers. And, and knowing that, that that information that I'm able to share can, can help someone else and, and maybe broaden the career of someone else is, is really amazing. Ooh, sharing salary information. <laughs> yeah. That's so salacious. I it love it. I love it. <laughs> it's great. And, and, um, you know, what, how do you, how do you broach that conversation? Has it been, you know, like, uh, you know, events within that networking group that sort of creates a safe space and a topic of discussion so that people can share that information or are they encouraging you to just create an environment where you can just discuss that maybe amongst, you know, other, other people in the industry? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Um, we have this incredibly powerful moment at each of our meetings for Together Digital, um, which is called Asks and Gives. Uh, and any of the female members uh, can get up and have an ask. And a lot of the asks are salary related or they're um, performance review related or um, they are hiring or they're getting a promotion. And so uh, they can get up in front of the group and say, I am in line for a promotion at my agency. I've been there for X amount of years. I, you know, I happen to know that my male counterpart who has the same title as me is making, you know, 15% more than me. Uh, you know, I'm curious to know how you would approach this topic uh, in a meeting with my manager without coming out and sounding emotional or, or you know, blaming them or, or sounding like it's unfair, but instead just very even keeled, um, kind of very factual information about why I deserve to be paid what I deserve to be paid. And so then they're able to receive advice. Um, from and, and uh, in a non-judgmental and completely safe space uh, from all of these women who do come from all walks of life. Um, I remember there was one opportunity where a woman was, you know, up on the front and she was talking about how she was up for a promotion and she had a, a conversation with HR the next day and she knew that she should be paid a certain amount but really just wasn't sure how to ask for that uh, and wasn't sure if, if that compensation was going to be something that they would go for. And another woman in the group literally went up to her after the meeting, handed her her business card with her salary written on it and said, I have the same title as you. Like you should know how much I'm being paid so you can walk in the door and feel comfortable that you deserve this, you deserve this compensation. And it was, it was amazing. It was amazing to witness. And that's like, I don't know. I sense such a theme in all this, uh, these things that you've taken, these things that you've been really fortunate to be exposed to and what we're talking about today, which is the theme is, is, uh, is just creating safe spaces. And the theme is like, 
I mean, that's what it is. It's creating safe spaces for each other to be able to um, share this information. And it's also being brave enough to, to do all these things. I feel like we talk on this podcast, like we'll have incredible guests like you on and you like drop all this incredible information. Right. And it's like, I want to share my salary information. I want to do this. I want to do that. But like, I'm also so cognizant of the fact that people are also listening and are like, Oh my God, how would I do that? Like, like that's outside of my comfort zone for one reason or another. And, you know, as you've always been this like confident kick-ass woman that I've always really respected. You're so sweet. But I'm, (laughs) I'm sure that maybe that wasn't always the case or you still absolutely have insecurities just like the rest of us. So What's like, what's a pep talk like in your head? What does it sound like when you're really trying to, to do something that's out of your comfort zone? That is such a great question. Cause I am so appreciative that I come off as a confident, um, and accomplished person, but I definitely have so many insecurities. Like we all do. <laughs> we all have insecurities. Um, uh, one other fun fact besides the fact that I'm pregnant is that before I entered the world of, of digital marketing, I was actually a professional opera singer. So um, I, I think a lot of, of the pep talks that I give myself um, come from my days of performing um, and kind of giving yourself the illusion, if you don't have it yourself, giving yourself the illusion of confidence. <laughs> um, because if you believe that you're confident, everyone in the room will believe you're confident. I, I think for me, it's, it's really about being positive. It's, you know, there, even, even coming into this week, like after a long weekend and I looked at my calendar today and I was like, oh my gosh, I have so much going on. There's so much due this week. We have huge deliverables. Like, how are we ever going to do this? And instead of, of really kind of getting stuck in the negative, I take a minute and I'm like, we're going to crush this we're going to get this done. I'm going to get on the phone with my colleagues and I'm going to lay this out and and we're going to set deadlines for ourselves. Um, and we're going to communicate and, and we're going to crush it. And you have to do that. You're the only person who can tell yourself that you can do it because your mom can tell you, you can do it. Your husband, your boyfriend can tell you, you can do it, but it's so hard to believe because you're like, they're supposed to say that because they're nice. Um, but you have to tell yourself that you can do it. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise something's going to go wrong because you have set yourself up for failure. Um, and I think it really is also in terms of being in, in public speaking situations, new business situations, um, when you're pitching your clients or um, pitching a new client, I think it's really about finding connections and listening Um, for me, I'm always looking for ways that I can connect with people. Um, you know, whether it's where we're from or what we've done, you will find that there are so many people in this business who are former theater performers, (laughs) which is amazing. Um, and, uh, so I always love, you know, look people up on LinkedIn, look, look where they went to school before you go into a meeting. Like, obviously this is a, this is a digital age. Like, I don't want to say be a creep, but maybe be a creep. <laughs> um, so you know who you're walking in the room with uh, and, and just be confident and, and don't feel like you have to say everything at once. I try to be very, 
not measured because I definitely still uh, say everything, um, but I, I try to take my time so I don't have ums and ands and uhs. Uh, and instead, there was one. <laughs> and instead, I am saying exactly what I want to say. I am I'm not reading from a slide. Uh, but if I wrote that slide, then I know exactly what I want to say. I know exactly how I want to convey this idea, this, this influencer, this pitch, and, and I can say it confidently because I wrote it. So I think that's really the other piece is be as involved as possible. I think so many times when those of us who get in really senior positions at our agencies, the more senior you become, the more in front of clients you are positioned, but the less in the work you are. And I think that's such a hard balance. So I try to still keep myself in the work, not in a micromanagey way, but I want to know how my colleagues are researching influencers. I, I want to be in Creator IQ. I want to be in Sprout. I want to, I want to be creating content. I want to be publishing content sometimes uh, in case someone's sick and they need, they need someone to cover for them. But also because when I get in the room and a client's like, tell me more about how you find influencers. And I'm like, well, um, let me call my, you know, more junior team members so they can tell you about it because they're the ones that do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. And it's interesting that you bring this up too, because when you were talking before about working really efficiently and, you know, you're like, well, if I want to sign off for an hour during the middle of the day to, you know, watch a, web a webinar or in better times attend a conference or um, listen to a great podcast or read an article, like those are the moments that are so important arguably sometimes more important than like the minutia of the day. Um, and, you know, maybe even that meeting, because what are you going to talk about in that meeting unless you're informed and educated and up to date, and especially in an industry that's like changing so quickly. Mm -hmm. um, it does, it would look a little questionable if you're like, let me uh, bring in my more junior employee because I don't really know that. Um, and to just position yourself as a thought leader, um, not even necessarily a thought follower, right? We talk a lot about followers in this industry. What, is it, <laughs> what does it really look like to be a leader? And I think it's, it's being so up to date on other people's thoughts but then having your own on those thoughts, right? So yep. reading and consuming all the content you can, the Forbes articles, the Business Insider articles, um, the ones that we repost and whim all the time, but then not just agreeing with those people's opinions, but challenging them or interpreting them or just taking them a step further in some way. Like these are the more interesting conversations. These are the ones that are necessary. That's how you're, you know, that's, that's what sets you apart. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, I, I think it's, it's so important to consume as much as you can. And like you said, to challenge, to challenge those those norms or those trends. Um, and it, it is so hard when we're, when we're in this business because things are changing all the time. There, there will always be, no matter how much I read about TikTok, there will always be someone on my team who knows more about it because they are actually physically spending more time on TikTok than I am. And I'm aware of that and I know how to utilize them well. Um, but at the same time, I have to be able to walk into a room. And if a client says, tell me about TikTok, I can't say, oh, well, I'm 36. <laughs> so 
it's 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 important to always to always feel like you are up to date and and that you can have ideas in those spaces even if it's not your expertise it is and it's important and um you know there's a lot of excuses right i mean i don't know when tiktok came out and was first a thing um i was like oh like everyone says it's for younger people so like i wouldn't be expected to be on it don't just do what's expected of you like really push yourself you know i think uh, again like another trend that like i i i want to see more of is just people pushing themselves out of their comfort zones like god if there's ever a time to do it this is the time to do it <laughs> right yes. like everybody is being pushed out of their comfort zone like when it rains it pours i don't know i don't know if anyone else has experienced this i don't know if you've experienced this but i find that when one change happens in my life it's like everything changes. It's yes. like you get a new job, you move, you like start or end a relationship. Like, like everything sort of happens at once. And it's, it, God, like you get to the point where it's like, you know what, that one thing is so stressful. You might as well do all five of them all at once. Cause then like, sometimes that's actually when the most incredible things happen because you're not so so much of like a control freak. You're not so regimented and in your head. And sometimes it really takes those, those like gut instincts and, um, just those, those instinctual, those instincts to kick in, to be able to like really fuck up some shit in a good way. <laughs> so I, I love that. It's, yeah. it's so true. And I, I actually, there's a great example um, from some of the work we've been doing recently at the agency um, to, to really speak to that. Um, probably about six, eight months ago, um, you know, my, my husband is a big gamer. Um, he's a web developer. I feel like those two things tend to go hand in hand. <laughs> um, but, but he's been gaming for a while now. And I can just hear him yelling from the other room and I've been able to pick up just enough about things like Twitch and things like, you know, Counter-Strike and Over Overwatch and all of these different things. And, and as a curious person who hears about a social platform and I'm like, wait, tell me more about Twitch. Tell me who is on Twitch. Uh, you know, what are they doing? Are, are people are really sitting and watching people play video games all day and wait, they're just giving them money just, just for fun. Like you're just like giving them $5 just because you're watching them play video games. It blew my mind. And so without knowing a whole lot about it, I started pitching it to clients and being like, Hey, do you know about Twitch? <laughs> do you, um, you know, do you have interest or I would build in for new business pitches. And I'd be like, we need to do something with gamers on Twitch and we need to sponsor a bunch of influencers. Like this was like a year ago, um, you know, before it's now exploded even more than ever because of coronavirus and there are literally no other sports. And so gaming now is having such an incredible moment. And I'm so thankful that I stepped out of my comfort zone and said, you know, I don't know a lot about this and I still don't know a lot about it, but I know a lot more than I did a year ago. And thankfully, my husband, my unpaid consultant, um, who someday I swear is going to ask for a check, um, has been such a good sport when I sit with him and I say, hey, uh, I want to build out an idea where we bring, you know, Fortnite to life in a warehouse. What would that look like? <laughs> um, and 
it's been so fun. It's actually been a really cool bonding experience for us. And we have recently bought on some clients who want to pull the trigger on gaming and gaming influencers. Um, so it's been really fun to kind of put my money where my mouth is and say, okay, I don't know any managers who like are, are representing gamers. Uh, thankfully I have women in influencer marketing and I, I, I don't know if you remember, I think I posted probably like four or five months ago now and looking for any managers who manage gamers and esports uh, influencers because I didn't know where to start other than, other than our platforms, which are, are helpful, but I, I trust managers. I, I trust my relationships. I value them so much. Um, and we have built some amazing relationships. I love these gamers. They are so passionate uh, about what they do and, and they're great spokespeople for products as, as long as your product really fits within the gaming space. There are some products that are jumping into the gaming space and I'm like, wait a minute, what are you doing? <laughs> um, but mostly I, I think it's, it's been so fun to watch. And speaking of TikTok, there is an incredible, somewhat untapped market um, or, or really like the beginnings of being tapped market of gaming influencers on TikTok. And we've just been having a blast running with this and having a client who trusts us uh, is, is important <laughs> in this space. Um, but I think a lot of clients don't know about esports. So if you can walk in the door, be confident when you talk about esports uh, and show them the numbers, like do your research, jump on Google and look at the <laughs> like the, the timeline of brands that have invested in esports in the past 10 years and how that has evolved, you will be floored. Um, this is an incredible space to be in. Get in now. Um, and, and I can't say enough good things about the influencers and the managers. They've been fantastic. They're, they're great partners. Uh, and we're really excited to see where it goes. That's so cool. Like that's the coolest story to me. Just um, being able to also have clients who are willing to go there with you and who trust you and your team. And they also either see the value or they just trust that you see the value. And they're like, let's try this together. Let's explore this. And I'm sure there are so many learnings and wins and probably losses too. Um, but the amount of uh, value that's gotten from just being able to explore things like that. Like, that's so fun. That's such a beautiful thing about our industry is that you can still do things like that. And all the time, whether it's TikTok, like esports, man, I I'm similar. I'm in a very similar boat that I have never been like a gamer involved in that industry whatsoever. Then COVID happens. And I got my boyfriend a Nintendo switch for yes. um, his birthday. Oh, it's dangerous. <laughs> We have one too. <laughs> oh my God. It's so dangerous, but like dangerous. so fun. Um, the, and it's, and we have not even, we haven't even scratched the surface of what it is. So yes, like being able to educate yourself on the industry and like absolutely know that there is 
buku books in that. And there are so many people in the world who are interested in it. It is our responsibility to educate ourselves, to be able to share that information with those who look to us for our opinions. So, so cool of you to be able to do that and to be able to have a bonding experience with your husband. I love that so much. Yes. No, I, I, and we're playing Animal Crossing nonstop. Um, I will say for anyone who's looking for an opportunity to build in gaming to a current client, but maybe reach a larger population, you got to Google Animal Crossing and brand collaborations. Do it immediately. It's happening. It's weirdly free. <laughs> I don't know why Nintendo's not charging for this. I'm sure they'll figure it out eventually. Yeah. Um, but there's some really cool opportunities to collaborate and, and build brands into Animal Crossing. And some brands are leading the way and crushing it. So, so um, small cool. plug for Animal Crossing, which that I <laughs> is so cool. Um, what a cool, there's so much there. I, I also love the fact that you've connected with some of the managers and talent agencies that are representing gamers because we talked about this on so many episodes. I am all about agencies and managers who who really can identify this like niche uh, talent pool and just go full force into it. It's the smartest thing you can do. It's so good. I just remember growing up and like all my teachers were telling me that like, you know, you, you don't want to be like too specific about what you're doing. Like, you know, you want to learn the, the broad scope of things. Um, and then you sort of grow up and you see like, no, you can specialize in something that you're either super passionate about, or, you know, you see that there's a lot of money there and a lot of energy there, or hopefully a combination of all of those things. And just be the person that when you think of that topic, everybody goes to you. Everybody goes to you. Even influencer marketing is that to a lot of companies, right? Um, You know, there are so many large companies. So I was talking about L'Oreal earlier, who's a great client of yours. You know, uh, such a small piece of their business is influencer marketing. So to be able to be the agency that like you guys are their experts on influencer marketing, the, the amount of value that you bring to them simply because you are an expert is huge, huge, enormous. Um, I love that you are, I have gotten into the gaming space. Um, There's so much to that. And I know that people listening are going to inevitably have so many follow-up questions for you. I can't believe this time has gone so quickly. I know. I have so many more questions for you, but I've also (laughs) just enjoyed catching up. Um, So people listening are definitely wanting uh, to get in touch. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you, Dixie. Yeah. Um, you can find me on the handle that I will never give up, even though I live in Denver, which is Dixie in New York. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn. Uh, and I'm happy to answer any and all questions. Um, and, and I love nerding out about all things influencer marketing. Um, I'm also on the Women in Influencer Marketing Facebook page, so you can always tag me. Uh, and happy to uh, have a conversation with you any anytime. And she really does love nerding out about it. I can, about influencer marketing, I could attest to that personally. That's, what do you think we were talking about when we were at Alice's Teacup? Like every <laughs> single time. So we 
ask this last question of everybody who comes on. And I'm very excited to ask you, Dixie. So what do you wish someone had told your younger self that would have given you a professional or personal advantage today? I, that's such a good question. (laughs) Um, I think for me, I actually wrote an entire medium piece about this. Um, so maybe this is an unfair answer, but I think it's so true still today is that a degree in the arts is so much more valuable than anyone will ever tell you it actually is. Um, you know, I had very supportive parents who, when I told them I wanted to be Liza Minnelli, they were like, yes, girl, live (laughs) your dreams. (laughs) Um, and I did, uh, and I got that BFA in musical theater. And then I found out that I actually really loved opera. I got a master's in music. I I was a professional performer for five years and my side hustle was writing copy and content for websites. And I remember just thinking, you know, I really do like this and, but my, my life is singing. Um, and I, I just wasn't loving it anymore. I wasn't loving the travel. I wasn't loving the lifestyle. And it was so hard for me when I made that initial transition to walk in confidently to an interview and unabashedly say, I have been a performer for as long as I can remember. I've been a professional for years and I know how to sell myself, um, and my product better than anyone else. And so I can sell whatever you're selling. <laughs> and I think if someone could have walked up to me and said, your degree will be important and, and be instrumental in what you do, even though it's not going to be opera or musical theater, I would have probably laughed down the street, <laughs> running <laughs> away from them. <laughs> um, but to know now that that this this degree uh, and, and my master's degree uh, have given me so many incredible tools, whether it's public speaking, whether uh, it's, it's honestly, you know, I don't perform on a stage anymore, but I can perform in a boardroom. <laughs> I can stand up and give a presentation and, and that's, that's my new aria, that's, that's my new song, uh, is, has been so fun and, and I still get to be creative and I still get to come up with insane, wild ideas um, just like I did when I was a performer, but now they're marketing. <laughs> now we get to call it marketing. <laughs> so I think don't, don't let your degree tell you what you're going to be. <laughs> like, you know, think about the actual tactical things that you learned in that degree, regardless of what, whether it's science or history or English or musical theater. And, and, and don't feel ashamed to walk into a room and say, I know that my degree says opera and I'm here for a marketing job, but let me tell you why you want to hire me. I love that <laughs> so much. And not just because I also have a BFA in theater. <laughs> yes. See? <laughs> um, everywhere. It's everywhere, but because it applies to BAs, BFAs, MFAs, like all these different degrees. When you are like 18 to 20 years old, you don't know what you want to do with the rest of your life, but you're trying to figure it out. And if you're doing it right, you're still trying to figure it out when you're 35, 45, because we're all supposed to continue to keep learning. And the only thing constant is change anyway. And as human beings, we're always evolving. So to just sort of be in touch with like who you are, 
what you like, what you're good at, and just being able to like embrace it all and just be proud of where you come from, no matter what degree you have. Absolutely useful. Absolutely useful. Dixie. Amen. Oh my God. You're such a good guest. We have to have you back. You're so good. I adore you. Um, and I, I, can I, like, I want to ask you to like sing something on this podcast, but maybe we'll have you like perform at a future event or something. Cause you've told there me you so many times you're like, oh, I have an MFA in, in opera and I, like, like low key, like it's not even a big <laughs> deal. And I'm like, I have never heard this girl sing. That's wild. Do you still sit like, do you still practice? Do you still sing? Like, with your I husband, don't. With friends, like, I don't. do. I do sing with friends sometimes, uh, and you know, I'm really bad at karaoke, which no one believes until you go to karaoke with me. And then, I, I, people who are trained musicians are garbage at karaoke, and I refuse <laughs> to believe anything otherwise, especially opera singers, because everything is in like the worst key for us. Um, but I do enjoy it and I would love to do it again. And I have no idea what this, this child I'm growing inside me has done to my voice or my hormones, but who knows? <laughs> oh, now you get to sing to your baby. I know that's, that's my next performance. And I honestly can't wait. <laughs> the biggest performance of your whole life. Dixie, <laughs> thank you so, so much for being on today. It's such a pleasure. Everyone, please get in touch with her. She's a wealth of information and also really fun to get that information from. So oh, this has been best. so fun. I, I adore you and I will come on anytime and do Yay. this because it's a blast. Amazing. Okay. You're coming back. Thanks. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> Thank you everyone so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. We love comments, so comment on this podcast and we may shout you out on our next episode. Join us next time and thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Tune in next week. There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work, have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99-cents any-size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full-apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. ba ba ba